0: Welcome, everybody. Um, Tyler Rago here, along with my broadcasting partner, Ezra Janello. We are the voices of Franklin Pierce men's and women's ice hockey, unofficially, but pretty much officially. And we're here over our winter break. Ezra's down back home in New Jersey. I'm here home in Taunton, Massachusetts. And we're going to break down that first semester of play for both men's and women's ice hockey. And Ezra, I think, looking at it, Overall for both programs, what a what a start this winter. I mean, the expectations for this women's program, pretty high coming off an appearance in the NEWHA championship last year against St. Anselm. They, of course, lost that match 3-0, but off to a pretty good start so far this season. Their first season is a D1 program, and then you look at the men's. The expectations for this team are also pretty high coming into this year after a program record-setting season last year with, with wins. So far, so good for the guys at 8-3-1. They rattled off a nine-game unbeaten streak as well. Both teams firing on all cylinders. Let's just get into it. What's your overall thoughts on both these programs so far?
1: Well, I mean, you, you get what you pay for is the saying. And and with both these coaches, you're getting what you're paying for. They're going out. They're doing their recruiting. And, and they're getting people like Becca Niss or Bethany Ross, two people who won championships with their previous team, whether it's Becca Niss and Minnesota State High School Championship, which – Tyler, they sell out the XL Energy Center. That's, that's a pretty big championship. And Thank Bethany you. Ross, a uh, uh, U-16 national championship with Bell Tire. And I mean, I know my, my U-16 American year, we were ranked 56th in the country. The number one team in the country was Bell Tire. That's just that, that organization, it's Bell Tire, Caesars. And, and Bethany Ross was there. She won a national championship. So you get what you pay for when you go out recruiting like this. And These new faces are are meshing along well with the returners, and and we're seeing some really good hockey in range.
0: Well, definitely, we're going to definitely talk about the new faces because it has been the new faces that have contributed right off the bat, both on the men's and on the women's side of things. Um, On the men's side of things, some of these new faces that have come in have really mixed in well with the large returning core that's come over. And for men's hockey, we knew what we were going to get from players like Alex Lester and Ian Wallace in goal, but we started to see this season certain players really taking that step up. Ryan Gorbett, Chris Stevenson, sophomores coming back, have played very well, and then freshmen like Connor Foley and Jason Lidzinski have stepped in as well to provide an offensive punch up front, something Franklin Pierce desperately needed. They were shut out against Nichols to end the semester. A bit of a disappointing note, but you have to imagine that this offense is still going to find a way to roll, its, roll on through in 2020.
1: I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable what this offense is doing. Like you said earlier, a nine-game unbeaten streak. They just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And, and speaking with Coach Miller uh, earlier this break, he said the pass is the pass. That, that first half, it's over. they got to focus on the second half. And I think what's really going to drive them is they're going to look at every single game individually, and it's all a playoff game because with how tight-knit this any 10 conference is, every game really is a playoff game right now
0: and they're going to start off the second leg of their season against some non-conference opponents. They've got Curry College on Saturday the 4th, and then Johnson and Wales at home on the 5th. Then they travel, or they stay at home to welcome Western New England, and then they finally play post on the 14th for their first Any 10 game of 2020. Do you think that it's difficult to get up for some of these non-conference games, or do you think that if you're Franklin Pierce, you have to treat these non-conference games as if they are games in your conference?
1: Uh, you got to treat every game like it's the same, uh, 100% right off the bat, getting into it, uh, high momentum, uh, fast start, like I say, at the start of every game. Got to get the blood pumping. We say with the women, you got to eat your M&Ms or listen to your Billy Joel if you're Kiki set. Whatever you got to do to get the blood pumping every single game, It's just got to be game in, game out.
0: And for, for the for the guys, I think for me what I've seen so far that I, that I haven't seen before in, in three years prior is – they look just like they're they they look like they're vibing together on and off the ice. I feel like they, they have a really tight knit squad, that upperclassmen group is really coming together, and then they've injected some really good young skilled players to help supplement that that, you know, veteran core. And I think that it's just it's showing on the ice. They're having a lot of fun. They're winning, which obviously helps, and they're showing that they're no longer the pushovers of the N E ten. They went into St. Anselm. A program who they've historically struggled with they beat that team five to three on the road they came back they were trailing in that game they showed some fight and some battle I, I just I know that they ended the semester on a bit of a disappointing note losing to Nichols but that whole first first half I was impressed with what I saw from that group up front on yeah I mean
1: impressive is is the word to use and like you said they're having fun and winning winning is definitely a whole lot more fun than losing and and seeing them on campus, that's the thing that we get in college is we get to see them outside of the rink and we get to interact with them. And, and if you see one hockey player well, you're going to see three more with them no matter where you are, whether you're in the CAF, or you're in the library, or in your dorm hall. They're always together, they're with each other and they're always having a good time.
0: They definitely are a tight-knit group. We see that on the women's side too and we're seeing it on the men's and I think that that's really contributing to both of their successes. Sticking sticking with the men's, another thing that's different that I have not seen in the prior three years is the use of the goalies. Um, all four of them have started now a game this season so far, and we can imagine that all four are going to play more as well come come 2020. And I think that prior, I was just I was so used to seeing the same face or two in goal, and now Coach Milrick is deploying these four goalies out, and they've all delivered very, very well. And I think that you look at Obviously, Ian and Kyle are playing a little bit more, but Adam and Garrett have stepped in, played very well when they've called been called upon. How do you think that Coach Milrick is going to try and balance this out come the start of the season again in January? Obviously, non-conference games coming up could perhaps open the door for um, Carmen and Stenberg to play a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on the opponent, and, and I think Coach Milrick has all the faith in the world for all four of his goalies. Obviously, you're going to see... Those top two goalies get the majority of the starts, especially with those any ten conference games. But he he mentioned to me he said all four goalies got those starts. All four goalies played really well. I was in the building when uh, Stenberg went to Framingham State and put up a four one victory. He looked unreal in that game, and and I think all four goalies have what it takes, and and he knows that, and he's going to use them to all
0: their abilities. Now we'll kind of use that to segue into the women's side of things, and. I think when we think of this women's ice hockey team, one of the big pillars of their success obviously is in goal, and that's Emmy Ostrander. And she, unlike with what Coach Milrick is doing with the men's side, she plays just about every single minute of every single game, and rightfully so. The numbers speak for themselves. And obviously for women's ice hockey, it was a bit tougher, so to speak, of a way to end their semester. You've got a back-to-back Dartmouth, the big green, and then you got to play UMaine. It's not an easy task. To the Ravens' credit, they did very well. Scored against both of those teams. Took the lead, by the way, against UMaine and held that for a majority of the game. But Emmy was under siege. She faced a lot of shots in those games. 60 against UMaine, if I remember correctly, and then she had over 30 against Dartmouth. Coming into 2020, do you think Coach Stockton on the women's side will have a plan to maybe try and incorporate Kelly Turney and Jess Strack a little bit more? Are they just going to keep riding number 32 up until the playoffs
1: well you, you definitely want to see him use all of his goalies it's it's a tough tough thing to use one goalie for your entire season it's it's mentally tough it's physically tough and and it's it's mentally tough on the backup goalies too with Jess Strack and Kelly Turney so looking at their next come their their opponents coming up SUNY Canton SUNY Post and Plymouth State all division three opponents all opponents who you you should be better than Again, you don't want to go into games saying, oh, I'm better than this team, so we're going we're gonna to put in our, our third-string goalie, but that's those are the games where you can start your backup goalies, and then when you play St. Mike's back-to-back on the 24th and 25th of January, that's when Emmy Ostrander starts those games and, and finishes out the entirety of those games.
0: I think that it's interesting to see the kind of polarizing styles and how both of them have worked so far for each respective team, and obviously goaltending such a huge part of it. It can, it can lead you to a championship or it can prevent you from even making the playoffs. It, it can really be the difference between whether you sink or swim. And I think for Franklin Pierce, they're in good hands in terms of that, that position so far on, on both sides of the aisle. I also think defensively too, more particularly on the men's side of things, they've also shorn up a lot. I know that last season, the big talking point was just how many shots on goal they allowed every night. They averaged almost 40 against, it's just an unsustainable amount to to try and win a game. And the fact that they managed to win the 10 games that they did despite getting outshot in just about all of those is is a testament to how busy their goalies were. This year, though, I've seen and I've noticed a much more complete effort on the defensive end. But also, the defensemen are stepping up. Patrick Aguilarity, Paul Inkoviak, Mark Marcin Delicato have all played much, much better this season. And then inserting Steven Jacobs at six foot two with his skating ability has certainly helped Franklin Pierce out a lot in that regard.
1: And you, you didn't mention one guy, Sean Munzing. And I, I love Sean Munzing. Sean, Sean plays like I play. The difference between Sean and I is he's over six foot and over 200 pounds. <laughs> no, I'm not. He's, he's, he's a five, six defenseman. Here's his scouting report. He's a five, six defenseman. Who's more, more comfortable on the penalty kill than on the power play. He doesn't have any career goals, but he is a lock on defense. No one, no one's getting in front of his net and he's not going to be there. To stop it. He's, He's really back there. And you see that when he puts when Coach Miller puts him with uh Dave Cambria or one of those more offensive defensemen because they, they can trust that that Sean Munzing is gonna be back there
0: for him. We are rooting for Sean that he's gonna get one before this season ends. And Mark as well. Mark Indelicato has played fifty four games, plenty of assists, not one goal. So we have some goal droughts that hopefully will break in twenty twenty for the Ravens and a couple of forwards up front, too, you're hoping maybe for Coach Milrick will also start to come through offensively. Sean Crowley has just the one goal through 11 games. Justin Blanchette has yet to score as well this season. Those are players that if they can start finding the back of the net and producing, Franklin Pierce could roll out four, four lines that could burn you offensively.
1: Well, when you mention guys who, who should be performing, who, who might not be getting the numbers that they're used to or, or could be getting, I think of Anthony Nikolopoulos. I love how he plays. He's got so much speed. Speed. He's got unreal hands, and he can just find open space, not only for himself, but for his teammates too. So I really think that he's going to have a breakout second half of the season, Anthony Nikolopoulos.
0: You think of a player like that, because you're right, the speed is the one thing that stands out. And we have seen him. He's had a couple of breakaway chances that he hasn't been able to finish. Is it a matter of, like, once you bury that first one, like you get a breakaway and you bury it, that's like the damn breaking. Like, There's only going to be more to come from there. I feel like that's, that's what we're, we're kind of waiting for still is for him to just get that one, to get, bury that one chance because you know that it's there. The skill is there, and we have seen it. Oh, we've seen it before.
1: Definitely, definitely last year and definitely in, in some short spurts this year. And, and like you said, once he gets one, the floodgates are going to open. And, and I love Nico. I love how he plays, and, and I can just see it, whether it's the first game, the second game, or the third game into the 2020 uh, season it's it's going to come
0: and I think that for the if we, we'll jump to to the woman's side of things now because one thing last year that they perhaps lacked was that scoring depth this year that problem has remedied itself up with the help of some of those freshman players that you mentioned particularly though Becca Ness she has just been unbelievable for them this season she Shoots more than anybody else on the team and definitely anybody else in the conference, but it's worked out for her. I mean, she has been able to find the back of the net. She scored that goal against Dartmouth to give the Ravens some life in that game and cut the lead to 2-1. to And I think for her, you want to talk about speed. I think she brings a lot of speed to that that Ravens team. I know we talked about that line as well. Cassidy Jones, Reese Steiner, these freshman players coming in with terrific amounts of speed. And it's definitely helped jumpstart that Ravens offense. Well, that
1: line specifically, you mentioned all three players that I was about to mention uh, Becca Niss, Reese Deener, and Cassie Jones. Talk about a, a, a girl who, who maybe isn't getting the numbers that she could, Cassie Jones. She's by far the fastest skater on the ice, no matter who they're playing against. She's got the nicest hands on the ice, no matter who they're playing against. But again, she's that kind of player that she's going to get into the corner, she's going to get the puck, and she's going to find her open teammates. But like you said, Becca Ness, she's just a scoring machine. She is so good at hockey. Like I said, she won that Minnesota State title. She's a much better hockey player than I am than I'll ever be. Um, <laughs> I just I, I can't believe how, how good she's been in this first half. And just to think, this is the first half of her collegiate career. She's not right. even halfway through her freshman year, and she's, she's already got seven goals in 17 games, 15 points in 17 games. She's, she's on track to a very very successful four years in range.
0: And she's shown that she's comfortable playing up and down the lineup too. She started playing on that top line to begin the year and then she gets bumped back down to that all freshman third line, but it doesn't seem to matter for her. She's been able to make the most of her opportunity. And I think if you're a freshman player, that's one thing that if you can prove to your coach that you're able to play in all types of situations with all types of different players, it only helps your case going forward. And as you said, her college collegiate career is Still very very young, she's shown a terrific amount of promise.
1: And and the thing that sets Beckness apart from other players is, yeah, she has the speed and the shot and the hands, but she has that hockey IQ. And I want to go back to that U Maine game, the last game before the, the the winter break, and they're on the power play, their their first goal of the game, Haley Parker buried it. Yeah. But back Nish, she got the puck at the far side, and where she put the shot, what I've been saying, what have I been saying all season long, Tyler? Low, far, pad. What does she do? She puts it low, far, pad. Finds Haley Parker, the team leader in goals. They get a power play goal and take a one-nothing lead over the University of Maine. So, she's she's got the speed, she's got the hands, but most
0: importantly, she's got that hockey IQ that sets her apart. You mentioned Haley Parker. Haley Parker did score the only goal Franklin Pierce scored in that 5-1 loss to Maine but there's a player right there along with Nicole Amato who Franklin Pierce will continue to rely on come 2020. Just that duo in particular and the damage they can do to other teams offensively. Outside of probably St. Anselm, there isn't another school that has that type of one-two punch up front. And for Franklin Pierce, it's a luxury that that you have.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they live together off the ice. They're roommates. They drive together, go everywhere, they go eat dinner together, they, they do everything together. I, I don't know that I've ever FaceTimed Haley Parker and Nicole Mato wasn't in the Not same with room her. with her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they do everything together and then it shows on the ice. you mentioned that chemistry that the men's team has, they're doing everything together and they're really having fun. Well Haley Parker and, and Nicole Mato, they're always having fun. They're always smiling and, and that's why they're winning these many, this many games and why they're being so successful. Is because when you're having fun off the ice, it translates to being fun on the ice and having success on the ice.
0: When you think about going forward, too, if this team wants to go at it in the playoffs with Sacred Heart and St. Anselm, which is most likely what's going to end up being the likely matchup. It's more often or not, those players are going to have a harder time to, to work their offensive magic. So if you're Franklin Pierce, you have that depth now, though, that you didn't have last year and the years prior to that. You've got some good young players on your second, third line, and even the fourth line, too, has been able to roll out there and be reliable. Your back end has also produced Steph Cabin's up there. I'm pretty sure still top three on the team in terms of points. She's been lights out as well, another freshman. So you have this depth now at Franklin Pierce, and if you're Haley Parker and Amato, that's just that's got to make your life so much easier knowing that if things aren't going your way, per se, you've got your teammates there to step up and help you out. Whereas last year, maybe there was a bit too much pressure on Amato Parker and even Marissa Massaro, too, who's having a fine year this year as well.
1: Yeah, it's you have to be on your A game every single game. And like we said with Emmy Ostrander, that's mentally tough, that's physically tough when you're in that every game. Well, when you have to be on your A game and you're playing forward and you've got to score and, and, and all the goals are coming from you and, and one other person, well that gets tough and that's when hockey becomes not fun because that, that's when it becomes a job and now that they have those teammates that can put the puck in the back of the net and find their open teammates and and honestly just take ice time and, and give them a little bit of a rest and 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 that they can find trust in their teammates that really helps out a lot
0: we've talked about so far the how close that these two teams are and how the chemistry is just more evident than ever this year it feels like on both sides of things for for the women's, though, they're going to come out of the break, and they're starting on the road. Um, there's always something to be said about these kind of road trips and how they're really beneficial in helping a team build up that morale and that chemistry. And I know as former players, we can definitely attest to that. You more so having played juniors and all that. If you're Franklin Pierce, you're going out on this road trip through January or most of January, You've already got a pretty tight-knit squad. How, does this, how is this going to help them even more in terms of in growing as a team and, and getting those results on guys?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Tyler. The, the number one thing I had to learn when I transitioned from playing hockey to going to college and being a commentator was, yeah, you might be a part a part of the the hockey programs you see them and they say oh you're you're a part of the hockey team well you're not in the locker room and you're not on the bus the bus is really where you're making all those memories whether it's playing games with the freshman and not letting him go to the bathroom in the back of the bus or <laughs> playing tag and, and you the last one in the bus at the gas station loses whatever it is that's where you're making those memories and and I want to talk about Emily Kramer I mean she got hurt early in the year she hurt her shoulder and and you see her on social media, that bubbly, smiley attitude that she has. Well, she has that on the on those bus rides and at those away games, and that's really where this tight-knit group comes in. You, you've got those glue personalities in the locker room. Steph Proto, Emily Kramer. You've got Carolyn Drown, who got hurt last year in the championship game, who is still going to all these away games because, well, they're they're glue pieces and every girl has a role, and if that's your role, that's – there's nothing wrong with that. You are 100% as effective as every girl on the ice and and 100% a part of the reason why they're winning these games.
0: I think that that's one thing that we've seen so far this year is just, you know that it's a close group inside the room. You see it on the ice. We see it on campus when we interact with them. And I think that it's, it's one of those intangible parts of the game that help because you have You can have skill, and you can have certain players that are good at doing certain things, but if you can't put that all together in a cohesive way out on the ice, then how good are you, really? And I think that for both the women's and the men, we've we've seen that. I think maybe a little bit more with the men, just with the success that they've been able to find early on, but for the women, it's been just almost as if they didn't take a break. They picked up right where they left off from last year. You know, 20 wins last year, they make it all the way to the finals. They lose a tough game to St. Anselm. They come back this year. They add all these new players, and kudos to the freshmen for really stepping up and and kind of seamlessly assimilating into this team. And it just seems like everybody's firing on all cylinders right now, and and I'm curious to see how that's going to pick up once the break comes to an end because obviously they haven't played now for a couple of weeks, and... Um, I'm not sure when they're gonna start up practicing again. I'm sure that's probably coming up for them right this now. week. They're, they're all yeah. on campus. They're so all there. They're getting they're getting going again. And I'm curious to see how both teams are gonna pick things up. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be fine, but that rust you have to imagine is gonna be there to some extent. Maybe not as drastic, but it'll probably be there.
1: So I, I know a lot of the girls, and, and even the guys too, they go home and they skate, whether it's with your old teammates or it's by yourself at, at Open Hockey or Stick Time, whatever your local rink calls it. But a lot of these girls, they're from so many different places in the country, it's really hard to to skate with your teammates. But the greatest thing about it being 2019 and almost 2020 is you've got social media, you've got Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever you're using. These girls are talking every single day, whether it's in the team group chat or they're keeping their streaks up. They're talking every day. They're with each other every day, whether it's in their head or if it's physically. If if you're Emily Kramer and you're going up to see Beans, Haley Donahue, or or if Beans is going down to see Emily. I don't know what it, it is, but I can almost guarantee you. I I'd put a hundred dollars that those two hung out. Hundred bucks? The- You've got a hundred bucks to put.
0: I mean, I have to I have to say, if we if we are gonna get somebody to come on for this next for this next little thing that we do I mean there's two great two great recommendations right there in Emily Kramer and Haley Donahue perhaps both of them together because they're just if you follow the women's ice hockey team on Instagram you you have seen how <laughs> how electric that that duo creative they're creative but yeah you 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 mentioned it it's that it's that blue personality and whether you're not playing because of injury or if you're a healthy scratch or if you're on the first line or if you're the starting goalie. It just seems like everybody is together. They know their role. And it's cliche, I know, but it really does go a long way in, in your on-ice success. And I think we're seeing that with, with, both, with both programs so far. And it's going to be interesting. The women's starting off on the road. The men's start off at home. I think that I'm curious to see how, how both these teams are going to come out out of the break especially considering it's a non-conference slate of schedules too i know those games can kind of get a little funky sometimes you mentioned they've got plymouth state don't they the women's do after they do. after a they swing do. out to new york that was a pretty fun one ezra for us at least probably not for the coaching staff but last time plymouth state and franklin pierce met up this season um <laughs> that was quite a that was quite a game
1: yeah, I mean, that Ava Keeson overtime oh. winner was crazy. But, again, talking to Coach Stockdale, he said he can't, that the team can't rely on the opponent to bring out the best of, of us, of, of the Ravens. They've got to bring that A game every game. Every, single, every game is a playoff game, like Coach Miller said. Whether you're in the NE10, the NEWHA, whether it's an out-of-conference opponent, every single game is a playoff game. And, and, and you've got to bring it. You can't rely on on a good opponent to make you play well. Even if, if you were playing Plymouth State, who we saw them earlier in the season when they came to Winchester, they are a much better team than Plymouth State, but they, they didn't play like it for the first half of that game. They got to the third period, and all of a sudden they started clicking, That it started going. They put Billy something Joel on like in the, the locker room, and <laughs> something happened. But you, you, can't, you can't wait to the third period every game. It's not going to go in your favor.
0: And I think that that's going to be the big thing for both these teams coming into it is you're playing against teams that you've either never played before or you're not too familiar with or you've only played once or twice prior. And so they're not in your conference and maybe you, you don't take them lightly. And I think that Nichols game was a great example of that, not saying the Ravens took Nichols lightly, but as a team coming in 0-9 on the season, you look at that and that face value tells you, like, okay – Franklin Pierce, eight wins. Nichols has none. The Ravens rolling of late. The Bison are not. And Coach Miller to his credit, had a funny feeling that this was going to be a trap game. And it sure enough turned out to be a trap game. The Ravens trailed 3-0 after the first period and just couldn't get their themselves going. And to Nichols' credit, Nichols played what I thought was a pretty solid game. And I think that when you go up against these non-conference opponents— you You gotta bring your best because you don't know what to expect, and Nichols plays in the CCC, which you and I talked about that's a very that's a very formidable division three um conference. And for franklin Pierce you can't you can't afford to to start off slow, and I think for for the for the women's, the same thing. They did play Potsdam last year at home, beat them five, one and six one. but they've never played to my knowledge this Canton team before from New York. So you're going up against an opponent that you're unfamiliar with. You got to go out there and give it, give them, give them everything you can because if you take a night off, a team like could very well, could very well sneak up on you. And we saw that with Plymouth State. You blinked, and it was, it was four to one. The shots were at one point like forty to nine, and the Ravens were trailing on the scoreboard four to one. And uh, fortunately, they mount that comeback and and get the two points. But that was a, that was a dangerous, dangerous game almost there. It would have, it would have been an ugly loss had they not, had they not pulled that off. And
1: and I got to say, I mean, I think that's a lesson right there with that game. And right right before that, that uh, Plymouth State game, they played UMass Boston where they, they got handed a 3-0 loss. Again, unfortunately, it was an away game that was a, a little too far for us to make a trip yeah. for, so we didn't get to see it in person. But UMass Boston, I, I, I mean, you, you've got to think, did they come out slow in the start of that game like they did at Plymouth State? And maybe that third period in between the periods, Coach Stockdale said, remember what happened when we got shut out? just last month at UMass Boston. Well, let's not not let that happen here. And and they came out and they they got that that ugly victory, although it was a very beautiful goal by Ava Kees. I I said it before, and I keep saying I have the the clip saved on my my laptop of you (laughs) with the the goal, and and, uh, it was a beautiful goal.
0: It was a a beautiful goal, and I I have to say probably so far, it's up there as as probably the highlight so far of of the season for for me from a broadcasting perspective, though – There've been just there've been a lot of great ones. The women's getting that win against St. A's. it was unfortunate. You couldn't you couldn't have been on the call with me for that. I think you had to run the scoreboard for that game. I'm not sure. Or you might yeah, have had a I, I wear many comp- many hats yeah.
1: with the athletic department we, so. we
0: we do a bunch of different stuff, but there've been there've been a lot of great moments. That 8 to 4 that wild 8 to 4 win that the men's had over St. Michaels on heart disease awareness night that was another one that that was a a really fun one for us upstairs probably gave the coaching staff some some gray hairs but we have a lot of fun up there and um I'm looking forward to to getting back back to it I think as much as the players probably are we've been sitting around here they're skating at least and practicing now where you know I've been spending you're not my skating place. you're not skating <laughs> I've done no, a I've skated talk. actually I skated at work I skated at work yesterday first time in like a month I I put the old the old wheels on so but we've been sitting around, we're getting our line charts ready and our stats ready and all that stuff. And we're ready to get back to it, I think, as well. And it's gonna be twenty twenty is gonna be a fun one, I think. Big big things on the horizon for for these two programs. They they had such a great start, and you can only hope that they're gonna build off of this and not and not regress. I think all signs are pointing to these two teams are gonna be trending trending upward.
1: I I couldn't agree more. Like you said. Unreal starts for both these teams in the first half. And, and I, I think two, two very different starts to the second half. You've got the men's, men's team. You start right off the bat with out-of-conference games. You've got a couple of them. Uh, you've got uh, Johnson & Wales first. Who's, who's right before Johnson & Wales? Got,
0: you've got Curry Saturday afternoon and then Johnson & Wales on Sunday.
1: So, so Curry, then Johnson & Wales, two out-of-conference out of Division three opponents. For the women's team, you've got St. A's. In St. A's, your first game back on January yeah, 7th. Big game right there. But, but it's, it's such a different start to the second half. But like you said, I think we're going to see similar starts to the second half and where both teams are going to be buzzing. They've been together now. I think they all got back yesterday or today. Today's Monday. Um, so I, I think they're going to be buzzing this week in practice. And I know we're going to be there on Sunday with the men's team. And then we're going to take the trip on Tuesday out to, uh,
0: to St. Sure A's are. with them. We sure are looking forward to that. Ezra and I are back on campus Sunday for the men's game against Johnson and Wales. And then Tuesday, January 7th, we hit the road for a very, very big NEWHA matchup. Ravens and Hawks at Manchester should be a great one. Two best teams in the NEWHA going at it. They've had some spirited affairs so far this season already. Last time they met, game went into overtime. So enough, enough said there about that both the both the men's and the women's have played some really exciting games against St. Anselm. And it's, it's good to see that rivalry starting to tilt and become a bit more balanced. St. A's to their credit, definitely had the, the, the leverage there for just a for little the bit of it. Just, just a, a little, just bit. just a little bit, just a little bit, but the Ravens are making it, making it interesting now. And for us as broadcasters, that's what we want. So that's going to conclude our first little epi here. Um, We haven't quite agreed on a name yet, but we're going to figure it out, and we're going to make it a trend, especially when we get back up to campus and we're with everybody again. I am more than happy to have players come on. I think that's only going to make it even better. So I'm sure we'll work something out, and uh, whatever we end up doing, I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun with it, as we always do. So, Ezra, any final thoughts from you, my man?
1: No, that's it. I mean, I'm just – I'm ready. My bags are already packed. I (laughs) I leave on Saturday straight after a game. (laughs) I just, I'm ready to go. I've been ready to go. I, I did all my line charts today, all my roster charts, got my game notes ready to go for, for like Sunday. It. And it's, it's Monday, so yep. uh, as, much as, as much as they're ready to go and they're ready to go on the ice, <laughs> I'm ready to be back in that broadcast booth with a legit mic on my, on my head, not these Apple AirPods.
0: <laughs> or headphones, sorry. I'm Ezra, not <laughs> Ezra and I are certainly looking forward to it. We're hungry for it, and we're going to have a great time come 2020. So that's going to conclude our first episode here. From Ezra and I, and everybody really at Ravens Sports Network, and for Ravens Ice Hockey, wishing you a happy new year, and we'll, we'll catch you in 2020. Be sure to tune in to us on Sunday, 6 o'clock puck drop. Johnson and Wales comes to Wingen to take on the Ravens for their first game of the new year. Until then, have a good evening, everybody.